Raise your Bibles with me. Come on, repeat after me. This book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth, but I will meditate therein day and night. I will observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then my way shall be prosperous, and then I will have good success. Tell somebody I'm getting ready to be blessed. You may take your seats. The subject matter, or the title, if you will, that we're dealing with is data or data, however you call it, processing. Data processing. Paul says there to the Ephesian, the church at Ephesus, he says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. You've not learned so, you've not so learned Christ. If so that, if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation, conduct the old man, which is corrupt according to the, to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that she put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and holiness. Romans 8, what then shall we say to these things? Tonight I want to begin this, of course, as I do when I start any series, of course, I like to begin to lay foundation first. And um, the purpose really of the lesson that we're going into is to help us to understand that decision making is critical to the action that will be taken. The purpose of this lesson is to help us to understand that decision making is critical to the action that will be taken. Just kind of sitting and meditating um, on things and just really asking the Lord, you know, what does he want me to say? Because as, you know, in the month of October of the year prior, I always go into my process of praying about, the, you know, planning and praying about, praying and planning the next year. And I ask the Lord to begin to give me the subject matters that he wants me to begin to teach and preach in the upcoming year. And I, as he gives them to me along the way, I start, I start writing the titles down or little words that he'll have me to write that will associate with it. I start writing it down on my dry erase board. And so just kind of looking at 
what God had given, and I started looking down. You know, of course, I check off when we finish one. I'll check it off, finish another, check it off. And, uh, and I pray and meditate, okay, God, where are we in respect to what you want to say at this time of year to our people? And then I'll just kind of sit there and meditate on it. And uh, as I pray on a daily basis, seeking the Lord about it, the Lord would give me things. And on this one, the Lord had me begin to do a quick survey. I begin to think about how we move and transition <coughs> excuse me, in, into this new year. And as I begin to kind of look into the new year, I begin to hear the voices of our people. Begin to hear the voices and hear the families that are represented. To hear you and begin to hear what's the most prominent thing that we're hearing about. What, what is the thing now that we, the people of God, what are we facing? Are, where are we? What are we doing now? What's going on now? And the Lord began to, you know, more detail, begin to hear voices of different ones um, concerning um, things, jobs. What should I do? about a job because there's some people who really feel <clears throat> that they really were born to be in ministry and not to work a job per se but to really work in ministry if you understand what I'm saying yeah. not to work on a secular job as such but to really work in ministry you know, so what do I do in the meantime because I need income and I need to be able to put seed in the ground and I need to be able to support my family because some who, who are really considering that whole thing about ministry and even full-time ministry have families. Trying to determine what should I do about that? How should I engage that? Got to take care of my family. Got to, you know, got to engage and <clears throat> make sure that my family's taken care of. But I don't really feel that I should be working in the secular job. So how should I handle this? I'm hearing about different challenges when it comes down to uh, attacks on the body of sickness, uh, different challenges, certain diseases want to kind of illegally, you know, show up in your life. You know what I mean? Just stuff that, that this kind of shows up that people are facing. And uh, I started hearing that because sometimes... What do we say, come on, to these things? What, what, what is our response to this right now? You know, uh, we believe you, God. My faith is there. Uh, but, but how should I flow through this? What should I do? Should I believe for full miracle without the aid of medicine? Or should I go in and use medicine? And if I do use medicine, does that mean that my faith is small? Then I hear finances. Because finances, now these are not, I know they're, if you look at it, they can be general, but this is what I'm hearing about us right now. Finances. That there's some things that, that I want to do for God. But I don't have the kind of finances. I'm stirred about it. I say yes to the Lord about it. But my finances hasn't manifest to be able 
to sow it like that. Need to pay for certain things in the household. I hear some need a new car. I hear that. You've been pushing what you have, but you really need a new car. Kind of hearing that, you know, need it. How do I do this? This, you know, and, and even in the process of that, this is what I'm just kind of meditating on. Even in the process of that, go to a dealership. They got all these deals, no money down. But do I really want a no money down deal? Because that might hit me in the back on the rear. They might be something on the rear may be showing up. In case you didn't know, there is something on the rear that does show Education, need finances to pay off my loan, my student loans. See, and, and, and some of us are well, well past the years of school, but we still have this payment. And there is, the, there is this fear that if I don't make my payment, I'm going to have my check garnished. And if they garnish my money, my check, then how am I going to live? Because I may not even be able to pay my tithe. I'm just saying, these are the questions that are out there. Because if I pay my tithes, I don't have much left to live. I'm going to obey God, but this is, this is out there. Are you all with me? Yeah. Questions are there. Questions are there. And there are several other things that, that God was just kind of bringing to my mind. And so, as a result of that, the Lord dropped in my spirit, data processing. Because it is, how do we process the information that's coming in? The data that's coming in. My decisions are important. Because whatever decision I make concerning a matter... There's a corresponding action that will take place. And no one likes to make a decision and have to take it back and redo. Data processing really is a term that you know, you've heard, that, that involves computer processing. It's information, but it's how you process. Data processing by definition, is a way of, process, the way of processing of information. It is especially the handling of information by computers. Watch this. In accordance with strictly defined systems of procedure. Clearly defined systems of procedure. So it's processing information based upon a system that's in place. How do, what, how do, I, how do I handle this? So that's why Romans 8.31 is so important, the A portion of it. I'm not trying to take it out of context, but I want to lift a principle from it. And that is, what do we say to these things? What is my response to these things? Ephesians 4 Verse 23, specifically, really is the verse there 
that speaks to what we have to do. It's talking about being renewed in the spirit of our mind. Being renewed in the spirit of our mind. And Paul talks, before that verse, he talks about the reasoning of the Gentile believers. How they process information. How they've dealt with information. And he's saying to them that some are processing information not like Christ would have us to process. And he's challenging them concerning their thought process. Where did you learn this from? Because you've not so learned this in Christ. So where does that process, where does that systematic process come from that you have that is not in compliance to the word of God? He concludes for our thought that we have to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. If we are renewed in the spirit of our mind, then our decision-making, Lord, help me through here, our decision-making will not be based upon what the law of averages say. It will not be based upon what are people generally saying about a thing, but it will be based upon two, oh my God, two defining things and that is, what, is the, what does the Word of God clearly say about this? And number two, if I can't see what the Word of God is clearly saying about this, then what is the Holy Ghost revealing to me that the Word of God has set as a precedence? Because you and I may not know everything about the Word, literally. We may not know everything in the Word, but the Holy Spirit does. Who knows the mind of Christ save the Holy Spirit? And if you and I, come on, watch this now. If we are filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in the Holy Ghost, guess what? We, because we have Christ, guess what? We really have all knowledge. Oh, my Lord. We have all knowledge of which we have not learned, but the Holy Ghost, oh, my Lord, because we're led by the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost now, beginning of Romans chapter 8, the Holy Ghost now has the privilege in a believer now to bring information out of us because we're not led by who we were, we're led by who we are now in Christ. So the Holy Ghost now can begin to say things, teach us things, come on John, talk to the Holy Ghost, come on, can teach us can teach us things and show us things, give us the right response to what's in front of us. Are y'all here? I'm not trying to be too, too deep, but I want you to know that in Christ, we process differently. We need to know what does the Word of God clearly say about it. And if I have not registered enough information from the Word of God, I do have a relationship with the Holy Ghost, and he'll bring it to me and speak on my behalf. 
I really have a win-win situation. Hey, I really have a win-win situation. But I have to be careful, oh Lord, that I'm not processing the data from my Gentile mind before I got saved. My Gentile mind before I got saved is an unrenewed mind. Come on now. It is a mind that is not covenant connected. Which means a Gentile mindset says I have no rights. Oh my God. I have no rights to the righteousness of Christ. Y'all with me? So my concern, my concern, my deep concern is how we processing the data that's being presented. On my day-to-day, how am I processing what I see? How am I processing what I hear? When your phone rings, I don't, okay, let's just, let me create a scenario. You are in deep debt. And you owe, you owe. And when the phone rings, how do you process that moment? It's one thing not to accept the calls. All right, let me do this one first. Not accept the calls of, um, what are you calling people that's trying to sell you stuff? Telemarketers. I ain't talking about creditors yet. I'm going to get there in a second. That's why y'all laughing at first, but I ain't there yet. Telemarketers. It's one thing not to accept the call of telemarketers. But then there are debt collectors. That call. And we don't answer those calls, some of us, because we have not learned how to process the data. I'll give you insight. This is how I process my data. Okay. Because I have, there, there, you know, there's one debt collector that's calling. There's one. Okay, have different voices, but there's one. And when I answer them, I say hello. They ask, is this Stephen Hodge? Well, before I give them that, I ask them, who are you? Okay, got no problem, but I ask them, who are you? And then they tell me who they represent. I said, okay, I never heard of you before. Okay. And they said, could you please give us the last four of your social security number? <clears throat> and I quickly tell them, very calmly though, I say, um, I'm not sure who you are because I did not give you my cell phone number. 
Because I didn't give you my cell phone number, you are suspect to me. So I will neither confirm, affirm my social security. Because I don't know who you are. I did not give you my cell phone number. I'm very concerned about identity theft. So if you would please, since you have all the information, so you think enough to even call my cell phone number, then you obviously have my address. Please send me a letter in the mail verifying who you are, and I will have a better opportunity to respond to you because I don't know who you are on the telephone. And there's silence after I get done with that. And then they go back over the spiel that they started with from the beginning. And I said, I told one guy, now, doesn't that sound, don't you feel like a little awkward repeating yourself after I've just said that? (laughs) He said, okay, sir. Okay, sir. We will send you a letter in the mail. Thank you very much. Okay. In other words, I have chosen not to avoid people. Just legitimize yourself when you call me because I do know what I owe, either personally or for someone. Okay. So my my concern, let me keep moving. My concern, my deep concern is how we are processing the information that's coming to us. How do you process? Come on, watch this now. Y'all heard me, some of y'all heard me say this before. How do you process information that you've heard from a doctor at that moment? They give you, they, they, you, they, they give you information either on the phone or when you go in there, and they give you a diagnosis of something. Now, watch this now. A day before that, you was just running around, excited, living life to its fullest, enjoying yourself. What they're diagnosing didn't just show up when they made the call. It is highly likely that whatever they saw, you already had before they told you. So now it is the information about what they're saying now, about what you already was dealing with now, that have got you and starting to lock you down and starting to paralyze you. Are you all here? But you were dealing with that the day before, and you didn't know it, and you went on like life was great. Now you know it. Now it's paralyzing you. What's the difference? How we process the data. It's how we process the data that makes, come on, y'all, don't leave me. It's how we process what we heard just now. How do we process information? We get a phone call, and now we have just heard something about a loved one. How do we process that? Okay. Now, I'm, this, I'm, you know, I'm pastor. I got a pastor through this now. This is the pastor y'all, y'all got for this lesson because I care. You know what I mean? 
How do we process what we just heard? Can I keep going? Now, I'm going to take you a little bit deeper now. How do you handle information that you did not know about your brother or your sister next to you, seated right now? You found, you heard something about them that you didn't know. And last week you were high-fiving and y'all was together... We were together celebrating, crying together, come on, at the altar together. Come on, we just prayed together, right? We just prayed together, right? We just saw God break through. Oh, my God. We just saw the anointing of the Lord change a situation, change a matter, reverse a condition. We saw this. Now we've got information. We just heard something on the person that we're seated next to or we celebrate or serve with now. And now you want to treat them. You want to treat them now like they, something wrong with them. They got the plague now. Okay, y'all come, y'all, I need y'all to stick with me here. I'm talking to the church right now because the church has issues. We don't know effectively how to process data. I understand the world, but what about the church of the living God? Come on. The church of Jesus Christ. The pillar ground of truth. How do we handle that? We're not doing such a good job. I thought that when in the natural, I got a cut or received a cut on my arm, I thought that naturally my blood cells knew how to rally around that cut so that it could form some type of a covering to protect, oh, yeah, 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 to protect that cut from infection. That's what I thought. I thought that the body knew how, based upon how God made it, it knows how to heal itself. Well, then if God made the physical body like that, what about his body? What about the body of Christ? What about the church? Are y'all in here at all? Because the only reason why many of us are able to get along with each other is because we don't have enough data. about what's not so beautiful in their life. Some of y'all don't have a clue with what folks do when they leave here. Oughtn't it to be your concern either except to pray for them. But my point is you don't know. 
What if the church did like the physical body? And the blood-washed believers began to rally around the bruise, the cut, so that we could form a covering that would prevent any infection oh, man. from coming. What, 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 what? What if the body acted like, what if the spiritual body acted like that? I'll tell you what would happen. I heard it out there already. Folks would be coming to the healing station. It wouldn't be so bad. It wouldn't be so much. It wouldn't be such a newsworthy cause to talk about the problem, but it would be talking about the solution. Man, if you want to be healed, man, you need to go down there to that place. If you want to see change in your life, man, you need to go there, man, because impossible stuff, man, is happening there. God is doing a miraculous thing there at that place. Please don't hear me wrong now. I am not saying that the ugly of anyone is to be permitted, is to be okay and all right. No, I'm just saying this, that if it does happen, do we rally? Just don't have enough information. If you had enough, what would you do? Just look at the person on either side of you. Mm. They look good. I know they look good. But what if you had information on them that was not so beautiful? How would you move forward now with that information, with that data? How would you process that data right there? Could you go on or would you have to pause for a while? My job is to build up the body. This is the thing that I have to, I've sat with God about. Because 831, what shall we say, mother? What shall we say to these things? Go to Philippians. And just give me about five minutes tonight. Can I have five more? Philippians. Next week, I'm going to break down. I'm going to break down Ephesians 4, 17 through 20. I'm going to break into it. Philippians. Two and five. Let me start at verse one. If there be, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all back there. They're trying to keep up with me. Verse one. I wanted to get y'all in the ballpark. 
If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, I love it already, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels <laughs> and mercies, excuse me, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the, come on, help me, same love, being of one accord, of one, come on, of one, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Here it is. Verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Look up real quickly. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, the scripture did not say, let this brain be in you. <laughs> which was also in Christ Jesus. I'm not talking about your brain. I'm talking about your mind. Y'all still with me, right? Your mind is not always only necessarily relegated to your brain. But it refers to the thinking process, which can either show up in your brain or in your spirit. I know I said something right there. I know I did. Because they can tell you about how the brain works and processes. It tells you the function of your brain, different parts of your brain. The frontal lobe, the side lobe, the back. It tells you. That's why it's so dangerous, you, dangerous to get hit in your head in the lower part of your, your back of your head. I believe, the, I believe motor skills and all those things are, are coming and they move over, I believe, to the, to the right side, I believe. Y'all can go ahead and verify that and check it out. But then there is another thinking process that comes through your spirit. So when the Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, it's not necessarily changing your brain. But it's talking about changing the way you think. And the way you think comes out of your spirit. Oh, man. As a believer. If you will look at the word mind, if you look at it and you, and you, and you chase it throughout Scripture, you will find out that the mind many times is also called the heart. And the heart is not talking about the blood pump. 
but it's talking about your spirit. Are y'all still here? Lastly, go to Matthew 6. I got, foolish, 855. I have no time. Matthew chapter 6. I just want to start, start today. In Matthew chapter 6, look there. All right, let's just go to 25. Now, some of these scriptures that I'm bringing, if not all of them, you know them. It's not like you have not seen them before, many of you. Okay. But what we're doing now is we're bringing life to these scriptures. They're not just scriptures that we know and they've been familiar that we've heard them around, heard them a lot. We're putting life to it because what, we're, what are we doing? We're building now. We're building, watch this, we're building a kingdom process through the gathering of these scriptures. It says there in Matthew 6, 25, therefore, Jesus is talking, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Did y'all catch that? I think sometimes we glaze over that, but did y'all see that in verse 25? He says, take no thought for your life. Take no thought for your life. What do we do most of the time? Jesus is introducing, he's introducing a process. He's introducing how to process data. Take no thought for your life. Get, get your mind off of your life. Then he says, now, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. And it seems to me like we spend lots and lots of time. In fact, we major on, oh, my God. Ooh. I mean, we've put so much time, we've invested so much time in those three things that he just talked about there until we have very little time for the rest of of. of We come to church, and we're ready to go to church, I mean, go home from church when we get there. I just, I could not embrace and adopt the hour and 15-minute service. 
I could not do that. It's all around me. I could not embrace that. An hour and 15 minute service and then tell you that we're doing it to accommodate the world. I cannot do that. My assignment is different. Our assignment is worship. So you, you and I, we may come in and leave out tomorrow still in worship. Because that's life. At the end of the day, sis, that's how we will live the rest of our eternal life, doing that. Because there's coming a day when we will need no more prophecy, which means we need nobody to preach to us anymore. We will not need to be praying and speaking in tongues anymore. That, all of that's going to cease. One of the main and only things that we do in our services that will be eternal is worship. You tell me to take your services down to an hour and 15 minutes, and I'll tell you I can't. Because our announcements are even amazing. I don't know about y'all, I love worshiping, but also since we have this court experience, I love the word too. I mean, you almost have to take the microphone out of my hand and say, sit down. Because I can't, sometimes I just, I have to empty out, you know what I mean? I got to get this thing out because I really truly believe that the word of God will save us and rescue us calls us to be, I really believe that God wants to say something to us while he has our attention. I, I really believe that. I believe the word of God is pregnant. I believe the, the word of God has in it rescuing power. I believe the word of God has salvation in it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right. We spend and major a lot of time on those three things. Well, we're going to eat, drink, and put on. Verse 26, behold the birds, the fowls of the air. He said, look, stop and look at them. For they sow not. They don't contribute in, <laughs> okay. They don't sow, they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet, your heavenly Father, Jesus says, feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, Okay, and what they mean by taking thought is talking about anxiety and worry. He's saying anxiety and worry is having the wrong response to the data. Anxiety and worry <laughs> paralyzes you. Which of you, <laughs> by worrying, 
taking thought, can add one cubit unto your stature. Which of you, okay, and why take ye thought or misappropriate the data for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet, I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory didn't look, was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? Oh, he's not finished. O ye of little faith. Here it is. I've been trying to get to this one. 31. Therefore, take no thought. Therefore, <coughs> do not worry. Therefore, don't move into anxiety. Therefore, don't misappropriate the data by saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Do we ask those questions? You better believe we do. And we spend time dealing with that. We worry, we lay, and we pray in tongues about that. And he says, don't you even put that on your mind. Why waste your tongues on a matter like this? I hope I didn't hurt y'all. You think it's spiritual to get on your face and pray for clothing and pray for food. Come on. Pray for something. To do. You think it's spiritual because you're on your face calling on God morning and evening and through the night. You think it's spiritual because you're praying, but you're wasting God's time. You want us to bless you because you've been praying. You want us to acknowledge you as a prayer warrior, but if you really look at it, you are misappropriating your prayers. You're not handling the data correctly. Stop worrying by saying, because what you say, you establish. Don't think you're safe because you thought it and didn't come out. That thing is working on the inside of you to the point where it's going to fill up your belly and you can't help but talk about it. You got to know how to cast down. I'm not even there yet, but you got to know how to cast down imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. God's word should never be rivaled, oh my God, in the life of a believer. There should be nothing that should be able to stand toe-to-toe -to, -toe to the word of God in you. You need to cast that thing down. It's wrong. It's illegal. It's not right. It's trying to cause you to go into a place of worry. It's trying to paralyze your life. And you're going to let it happen just like that. 
Come on, tell somebody, don't you let it happen. Don't you, don't you dare let it happen. Don't let it happen. Don't let it happen. When it starts, you shut it down right there. Because if you make a decision based upon improper information, you will establish a course of action, oh my God, that will lead you parallel to the will of God. All right. Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? Get it out of your mouth and get it out of your head. Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Watch this. Watch this. 32. For after these things. After these things. Come on. Ephesians 4. After these things. Unregenerated Gentiles. Those who are without covenant. Those who have no right to righteousness. You're living like you don't have a promise. You're living like there is no covenant in place. You're living like God ain't did nothing. You're living like Jesus didn't die for you. You're living like there is no God. But after these things, the unregenerated folks seek after. After these things, ungodly people seek after. After these things. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Pastor ain't mad. I ain't yelling at you. I'm just excited right now. But after these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. How are we processing data? How are we processing the data that we got to face on a day-to-day? How do you process when you wake up in the morning and you feel the pain? How do you process that information? What do you do with that? What, what, what are we doing with that? important what we do with it because once we make a decision we establish a course of action that we're going to take and some of us have cried all day long over stuff because we decided that we're not going to make it because the information has piled up and have established, oh Lord Jesus, have established a conviction in me. And once I'm convinced that I'm not going to make it, the action that I take will reflect my despair and hopelessness. So I will talk like it. I will do like it. I will act like it. And I will come around others who are 
like me to see who I, I can get to go in with me on this so we can plead our little case and die together. But if you bring it around here, I'm just trying to tell you, if you bring it around here, if you, if, if, if you bring that story around here, I'm going to wrap my whole arms around you and love you with compassion, but I'm going to drive that faithless, misunderstood, unrenewed mind out of you. I have a reject button that won't let stuff like that be planted. I don't agree. I love you, but I don't agree with your process. I've been saved by Almighty God through Jesus Christ. I'm a new creature in him. All things are passed away. Behold, all things, come on, become new. I'm not the same guy I used to be. Got a reject button. And you'll find out the folk will run from you too. People, they'll run from you because they don't want to hear the truth right now. They, not right now. I need time with this. Let, let, let me cry a little bit. I need time with this now. I need to rock this thing. I need to work with this a little bit now. I need to nurture this thing a little bit right now. Because you, you don't know how it feels. I ain't making fun of you. I'm trying to get you out of it. The longer you stay in it, <coughs> the deeper the roots of the sea going to get in you. I don't mean no harm. Love you to life. But I reject that. I don't reject you. I reject that. Because that's not how. Come on, that's not how those who are renewed in the spirit of their mind process data. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Did y'all get that? Did y'all get any of that? Hallelujah. You ought to bless God for it if, if it's making sense in your life. I, I, I know for some it's not, it not feeling too, you know, too sweet right now, but go ahead and get it. It might be a little bitter, but I need you to go ahead and grab it anyway. Hallelujah. Told you Sunday, I can, I can, I can handle temporary pain. For greater blessing. Amen. I don't mind being uncomfortable just a little bit. Hallelujah. Because I know it's not going to be.